When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. We're trying to check on with Ryan Yankman this morning. He's our guest from Everag. Thanks, Ryan, for checking in. Let's get right to it. So the number one question I've got for you, my friend, is what exactly is going on when it comes to the rapid drop in our cheese price? Yeah, so I, I think, uh, and good morning, by the way. Um, I think what you're seeing here, for sake of all the dairymen out there, this is, I think, a perfect example of showcasing uh, the type of risk we're going to be living in for a while, uh, which people are maybe sick of hearing, um, but it's really all things tied back to logistics, uh, labor, supply chain issues. Uh, just a couple days ago, we saw the world make new highs. Uh, people probably watched the GDT, the Global Dairy Trade Auction, uh, send global prices into new highs, more or less putting a spot class three and class four equivalent at around 22 to $23 a hundredweight. Uh, with the U.S. that same day trading closer to 18, 18 and a half dollars doesn't make much sense why we should go lower, right? Export opportunities are beautiful. The storyline, but what we're hearing today as to why we're back in the high 150s, low 160s has everything to do with labor shortages at cut wrap facilities. Uh, there is enough cheese available in this country. Uh, it's not like cheese is extremely tight. So between that and perhaps export hiccups, uh, you know, there was big news last week about the cyber attack on one of our biggest cheese customers. I think an aggregation of all those things created a domestic issue uh, that very much allows us to divert from world strength. Um, we'd also look at that, though, in a nutshell, and more than likely that typically is short-term weakness as opposed to long-term. Um, but right here, right now, I think is showcasing World strength versus our own domestic risk uh, can very much tell two different stories. Um, and that's what we're living through, I think. Hey, I got to ask you, Ryan, there's been conversation on uh, things like wheat, even corn and soybeans, outside investors that are jumping in on commodities. Do we see any of that kind of influence in these prices? Uh, through the lens of dairy, uh, not really. Uh, we're still a, a, a pretty young commodity, uh, growing uh, by all means when you look at open interest. I uh, can't sit here and say there's not some fun money uh, that might find its way uh, into our dairy sector. Um, but by no means do I look at uh, our industry as a place um, where that's what's out here in a major way, pushing things around or, or, or creating the move. Um, so I think what is real is what's going on in grains and in our cost of production, this inflation, if you will, um, where it can show its face in the milk price is, is through the lens of, of, I think, something very fundamental in that with costs where they're at uh, and where the milk price is where it's at, uh, a lot of dairymen uh, are not running profitable. The majority are not. And it's been no secret, uh, dairy cows now are almost back to unchanged year over year. Milk production is almost unchanged. And the dairy herd dispersals that are happening around this country aren't slowing down. Uh, they're booked out uh, almost all the way into March in some states already with dispersals. So these high costs are showing their face, uh, and it's, it's in terms of our margin on site. 
And if you're that dairy without that next gen um, or just haven't quite figured out how to be efficient enough, uh, this is very much uh, sending another signal for, um, you know, cows to leave this country. And that's happening. And so when you're talking about dispersals, those cows are just exiting the industry. They're not going to another farm, that type thing. Uh, it's a combination, right? I mean, there, there's no doubt uh, these cows will fall back into strong hands, you know, to another dairy. But even then, when you get a herd dispersal, you can always count on the bottom 20 or 30 percent will, will get cold and go to beef. And in some instances, some of these dispersals, when you look at some of the, the base and quota systems set up at certain co-ops and regions in this country, you could buy the cows and the base production might not come with it. And in an environment like that, that whole herd might go to beef. Um, so, so the answer is both, but I think in this instance, it's more beef than not. And so, yeah, those cows, are they're gone. Hmm. Uh, and until some of these milk prices we're seeing on the futures board become real, which you're about 60 days away, about two milk checks, and some of this 1819 stuff we'll start to see, there is no economic signal whatsoever being sent to a dairyman that, man, things are really good. I need to add cows. Um, not yet. Yeah, good point. And you're just joining us, Ryan Yachman, along with us from Everag. Now, you mentioned on the outset, Ryan, that dairy producers that are still in the game better really use every risk management tool available. What do you like? Uh, so I've got, a, I've got a saying for the year, and I'm going to stick to it for a while. Um, Buy puts and be bullish. There's no better environment on the dairy side right now than to buy puts and be bullish. And the puts I prefer for dairies right now is still through the Dairy Revenue Protection Program. Uh, With that subsidy, with the liquidity, the cash flow friendliness of it, I don't think there's a better play. Uh, A very close second, uh, especially if you're in a Class 3 state like Wisconsin, uh, would be LGM. Uh, and I think there's no issues there, but these are both subsidized programs that allow us to set floors, you know, up to a year out, uh, maintain your upside. Um, as much as we talked about some of the gloom and doom of right now, uh, this market feels supportive. There are a lot of bullish things still in play. Global milk production is closer to flat than not. That's a big deal. Um, so buy puts and be bullish. Excellent. Ryan Yonkman joining us this morning. Apologies for the technical difficulties and issues we had getting him here, but his point well taken that uh, it's time to pull the trigger on some of those risk management tools if you have not already gotten a chance to do that. Uh, you can find more on their website if you want to get in contact with Ryan or any of the Ever Ag staff. Just go to ever.ag and you'll find them there.